Only I may sing. This week on Scarapy, Creep 2 is on the couch as we get even deeper into the creepiest creep to ever creep. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another session of Scarapy. I am, as always, your Scarapist, Dr. Trevor Brown. Joined with me again is, once again, the man that picked the movie, Part 2, Electric, Electric Boogaloo, Boogaloo. <laughs> Zack Singer. That was a play, by the way. We're just <laughs> really on Harvey. How you doing, man? Fuck you. <laughs> I'm so upset about what just happened. You have no idea. Seething. Oh, Alright. So, yeah, we're doing the sequel to Creep. Uh, also known as Creep 2. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Electric, thank you. See you, blood. <laughs> um, so, let's get into some, some stuff about the movie. So, Creep 2, released on Netflix, national release for you, Zach. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It came out October 6, 2017. It's so recent. I just, I remember these movies yeah. from like 30 years ago. Yeah. And I realized I'm fucking old. <laughs> it's got a runtime of an hour, 20 minutes. Feels so it's, like it. It's about like... 13 minutes longer than the first one. I could do another, like, 20... Like, at the end of this movie, if they expanded, like, 20 more minutes, it'd be so good. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Uh, no info on the budget or the box office. It'd be more than $7 million. Well, I know that, actually, Mark Duplass kind of set out to make movies like this with a, a budget of under $1,000. Oh, wow. That's, like, his his thing. So... I had no idea. Probably under $1,000. The only thing... Like, depending on the ending scenes, that's the only time I think there's actually other people in it. Eh, maybe in a couple other scenes, too. There's a, there's a significantly bigger than three cast in this one. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, it's two. Alright, and um, Zach, what's the Rotten Tomatoes rating of this movie? What is in the last one? Uh, you said 70. Double it. <laughs> what? It's the second one. Just double it. I don't know. It's probably about the same to me, but it's probably... You're going to tell me, like, 145. It is a hundred. In fucking unbelievable. A hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't understand. Me neither. I don't get it. It's Definitely a not a perfect movie. movie. No, yeah. It's, we talked about it last week. It's no Batman. It is. No, oh man. Fucking Batman was so good. I also love Dark Knight. <laughs> a vengeance. And vengeance. <laughs> to redo the same joke from last week. It's the whole time. We're just going to have to say Electric Boogaloo after all of them. <laughs> it's the same fucking movie. So... Last week we were saying we didn't think this one was directed by the same guy. It actually was. It's still directed by Patrick Price. Oh, he must have realized he's a shitbag actor. And that's why he died in the first one. He deserved it. Um, the cast is Mark Duplass, Desiree Aukhaven, and Karan Sony. Is that the guy in the beginning? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> now, if that name sounds familiar, which nobody will ever say it does, that's Dope Hindu from is yeah, it? 100%. Fuck yeah. Yeah. The intro scene is so good, too. Like, Man, that makes me like this so much more. That's weird. I don't know. I like Deadpool. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, is it just because that guy also touched Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. I get it. <laughs> um, but I would pay so much money to do things to Ryle Reynolds. Ryle Reynolds. I'll rile it up for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Did you know my gamer tag? <laughs> So the plot of this movie is a video artist who craves shocking stories, realizes she's made a mistake after meeting a serial killer at a cabin. 
Man, that plot gives the worst description of this movie. That's it's the so, IMDb plot. Yeah, well, IMDb can I am suck my dick. <laughs> IMST. IMST. Work on that. I never work on these, by the way. IMDb can IMF me. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> and let's get into the lovely questions for Creep 2. I really hope they're the same as last week. Unfortunately not. You fucking work out. <laughs> so, first of all, is this a more or less believable setup than Creep 1? Hard to say. Like, I'd say overall it's a less believable story, but like setup-wise, it definitely feels more natural. Like, yeah. the characters in the universe and what's happening, it actually feels like, oh, this could totally be a thing, as the first one was just like, hey, I might or might not be a camera guy. Yeah. Let's get killed by this guy. <laughs> I agree, man. Like, I think the, and we'll obviously get into it more, but, uh, like, YouTube-type personality who's like, man, I need, I need the views. Yeah, like, going all out for it like we do. <laughs> I don't know what you do. Uh, no, not even once. <laughs> I still do not know how to get to our website. Question two. Is there a little peach fuzz in you? Uh, I'm not answering that. <laughs> That's a single part question. I don't answer those. A, a little baby wolf? Get out of here. <laughs> I, I still hate that name. So I like peach fuzz, man. I tried to, For my costume this week, I tried to get the actual peach fuzz mask. It was sold out. I was so upset. That's surprising. That must be all the people listening to our podcast. And really getting the creep uh, audience back up. Damn, Brian, you bought all of them. <laughs> yeah, Brian's got some money hidden. <laughs> and the last question, who's the creepiest creep to ever creep? Uh, that's a good question. Give me a second. Oh, Yugi Moto, easy. He has a creepy motherfucker. Like, dude, hides inside a little boy and just challenges people to card games for the fate of the universe and or their soul. <laughs> Look at that motherfucker. You fucking do a little. I'm not gonna. <laughs> oh man. Fucking Yugi Moto. <laughs> and with that beautiful segue, we're gonna cut into Creep 2, baby. Oh my. Alright, so this movie opens on the sounds of wilderness and a door opening. We see a box open and a man looking into it. He says, Oh fuck. <laughs> First dialogue. Nailed it. Then we see a DVD titled Watch Me and what appears to be a camera inside of something. Like, he doesn't like see the cam. camera. Yeah, it's like a nanny cam style. And so, this guy plays the DVD and through the TV we hear a whistling before there's a knock on the door and the guy gets up to go investigate. So we get about five seconds of the guy off screen and then we hear him say, Hey, Aaron. A little, little strange. Yeah. Um, and then we hear two guys talking about how Dave, the guy, has been getting DVDs in the mail for a while. We agree does not look like a Dave. No. <laughs> not even a little bit. Um, and then they come back into frame, sit down on the couch, and we see that, uh, quote-unquote, Aaron is actually Joseph. So he's straight up taken Aaron's identity. That's not right. identity, but name. Well, now we know. We, we, we found out the end of the last one. He uses... Big names, but then we also found that you know Aaron was obviously like attached to him for whatever reason. Yeah. So, and, and I don't think they ever get into when exactly. Well, you know, it's at least a few months later. Yeah. If not longer. At least a few months. Um, but he still seems to be 
into this Aaron guy? Well, I think... Yeah, it's definitely at least a few months from Aaron to our main character of this movie. Right, right, right. So, but now he's using the name Aaron. Yeah. So, you don't know, I guess, we don't know if it's a one-off or he's just, this is his new fake name because yeah. he just loves Aaron so much. So, they're, they're sitting down and talking and Aaron sees uh, what the camera is inside of and he goes, Someone sent you a baby wolf plush? Like... Super specific. Yeah. It, it just looks like a dog. It's not like a wolf specific. Just yeah. like the first one. It's yeah. Like the same exact one. If anything, it looks like a husky. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dave plays the DVD and then Aaron kind of freaks out and he goes, Dude, that that's your house. That's the outside of your house. This is messed up. So it's very clear that Aaron is the one sending he, him these DVDs, obviously. And he's kind of playing the good guy even more so than the first movie. And this didn't happen in the first movie exactly. You know, they didn't have this scene. By the time Aaron in the first one got the box, he was already creeped out. Yeah. So this is like, they're very buddy-buddy. Yeah. Uh, so, but it feels very much the same. Like, yeah. Even though it's a totally different scenario, it still feels like the same trick is being played. Mm -hmm. So Aaron basically says, like, hey, you need to call cops. And Dave says, the cops aren't helping. Like, they, they, he's tried already, and they're not doing anything. So Aaron asks, you know, Dave, where's your gun? Like, you, do you have a weapon to protect yourself? Um, actually kind of smart for, for a serial killer to be like, okay, where's your weapon? Right. Like, let's figure this bad yeah. boy out. And Dave says he doesn't have one. Um, then Dave's like, okay, I need some alcohol, and goes to grab beers for them. And as soon as he leaves, Aaron blows a kiss at the wolf and then says, Hey, buddy, how you doing? Super creepy. And, like, pets it, then turns it around so that it can face the dining room table where him and Dave go to sit at to drink some beers. No, nothing bad? <laughs> I will interrupt you when I have a great point, as always. So Dave sits down, gives Aaron the beer, and goes, So how, how's things with you? How are you doing? Aaron goes, oh my god. Even with everything you're going through, you're still worried about me? You're you're the best, man. You're so great. You're, you're the best. Like, just kind of doing the same thing he did with Aaron in the first movie, just hyping him up. Right. Um, Aaron is a completely different personality in this movie, I noticed as well. Um, in this scene especially, he's a lot more calm. Um, and kind of like... Not not as eccentric as he was with Aaron in the original movie. I'd definitely say he's more casual, but I, I'd still like I still get the same exact vibe. Yeah. Like I don't think I think it's just especially like what happened in the next few scenes. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like this is just what's happening. I think I guess into once this scene ends, I want to bring it back to sure. this combo. Okay. So Aaron gives us the line here. Uh, two guys hanging out, throwing back a couple of fucking, cold ones. Still sounds so fucking. Again, it sounds like it's regurgitated by someone who doesn't know how people talk. How do you do, my fellow kids? Yes. Oh, hello, fellow youths. So then he says, uh, you know, Dave, um, I wish I didn't have to say what I'm about to say to you tonight. And Aaron says, uh, I'm worried about us. And this is where we kind of learn there might have been a little bit more than a friendship between them. Yeah, pretty unclear, but definitely leaning towards it um i think it's kind of clear actually because what one of the next lines he says is you know 
when we met in that coffee shop and then we started off pretty hot and heavy and now we're kind of just doing this. I don't know, like, I could still be, see it as being awkwardly friends. Sure. Like, the guy who doesn't really, again, know how to communicate. Gotcha. He's heard this, he's regurgitating things he's heard in not quite correct context. And then Aaron, after Dave's like, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're good friends. You know, we, we hang out every now and then. Aaron goes, uh, I think it's time to end it. And Dave's kind of like, hey, like, we don't need to do that. Like, we can, we can, we can be cool. We can be friends. And then Aaron says, uh, I need you to answer this question honestly. Do you ever think about how right when we met, you got your first DVD in the mail? Love this one. Uh, then Dave, you can see immediately, gets like super tense and like kind of wide-eyed. And Aaron goes, see, you just thought about it, didn't you? And then he says, well, you know, you have nothing to worry about. Everything that's going to happen tonight is okay. We're okay. Uh, that's a fucking horrifying line to hear. It's super creepy, but again, like, the context is just slightly off. So it's almost like, hey, I'm friend breaking up with you, but it's yeah. okay. It's not your fault. It's not you, it's me. And so he says, there's a camera in that wolf points at the wolf doll. That's what shit's really weird. And he says, I've filmed you every day since the day we met. He calls the wolf baby, uh, baby peach fuzz. Which I was really hoping was not transfer that name over. <laughs> I was like, man, maybe this is just for this one scenario. Yeah. He, he points at the wolf and goes, say hi to baby peach fuzz. <laughs> so good. Fucking awful. <laughs> and then he says, you know, I, I was going to record our relationship uh, because you're so awesome and I just want to do something great for you, but I just can't do it anymore. Um, so boring, he bored the serial killer. And we see on the side of the table, Aaron pulls a knife. I don't know if it's from his boot or out of his pocket. I think it's from his boot, but it's hard to tell. Yeah, but it shows up. He's holding it on his lap underneath the table. And Aaron says, you know, I just, I don't know if I can do it anymore. And then Dave gets up to hug him. And Aaron just real quick, one slash slits his throat. And we get a pretty good blood splatter. Yeah, it's a lot more gruesome than... I guess you only see the one kill, really. And you don't see one, any but... blood in the first one. Yeah, part. not at all. You see the thumb. But, like, there's a, a good blood splatter, and Dave just drops headfirst onto the table. Like, out of sight, pretty much. Well, I guess he's still on he, sight. He's, he's, he's just, just, like, slumped like, on the yeah. table. Uh, Aaron is clearly not, like, thrilled about it. Like, he's kind of... He just kind of sits there, puts his hand on Dave's head... And he throws the knife down, and he's like, what's happening to me? Like, he's so disappointed, clearly not feeling the feels he wants. And I want to bring this back to our earlier comment now. Sure. So, you were saying he definitely doesn't, he seemed too calm and mm -hmm. whatnot. I would say, like, before the kill, that's usually his motive, or usually his demeanor. Because, like, even in the last one, when he's walking up behind him, he's very calm. He's not all over the place. He gotcha. has a very clear direction. It's like, he knows exactly where he's leading to. And emotionally, he's doing the same. Mm -hmm. But obviously, the end result of the two kills we've seen are very different. And it, it kind of seems like we we get the vibe that since Aaron, he's, his love for killing has kind of died a little bit. Absolutely. And I think that's why they went with... Because we know at the end of the last one, he was Bill. Yeah. was the random name. Obviously, something had already set up. But like I think that's why he's Aaron. He's, like, he's trying to recapture that moment because mm -hmm. he's a meth head. And he loves Aaron. And then we cut to our title card, Creep 2. 
Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> sea of Blood. Yes! <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you hit it. So it, it starts... The, the logo, I think, is actually different than the first one. I believe so. So the first one is just creep in yellow, and this one is creep in yellow, and then it turns red. Um, and that's kind of a, a common, like, color in this movie. Um, red? Yeah. I'm not sure what you're referring to. Uh, it's... I don't know, thematic shit. Like, seems sure, like red, red is more of a theme for this movie than the first one. I guess I didn't get that at all, but that's not my strong suit. I mean, let alone there's more blood in this one. Yeah, but not. I wouldn't say it's... I mean, it's significantly more, but significantly compared to zero. Sure. We'll, we'll touch on why I said that later on, because okay. there's there's a part where it comes up. Okay, I want to hear it. So, and then we cut to, to just multiple Craigslist ads being shown, and a woman named Sarah welcomes us to Encounters. A show where she answers Craigslist ads and basically sees what happens. And honestly, I'd watch that show yeah. if it wasn't on YouTube, because I don't know how to use YouTube. <laughs> but that sounds like something like... It sounds super interesting. It, well, it sounds like crappy internet drama, and I'll watch Tila Tequila all day. It reminds me of Catfish, almost. Yeah, exactly. Like, it has that guilty pleasure. Yeah, um, but she's getting somehow less views than our show uh, impressively <laughs> and she put way more legwork into it hey man shout out to you guys that's all I'm saying yeah Brian you nailed it <laughs> uh, so Sarah to, to me I don't know if you got this vibe in this first scene where we meet her she seems a little pretentious a little bit um, she's just talking about like all of her talents to bring out the taboo things and detect things that people can't in other people, like loneliness and stuff. And I, I just wasn't really feeling this scene. I, I don't like the scene, and I think it's a bad intro for her, because she definitely gets way more interesting. Yes. But I would say it almost fits the character really well, because she has a very similar demeanor. I mean, the same demeanor through the entire movie. Yeah. And, Up until the end. Yeah, which we will Yeah. not have to explain why things get wacky. <laughs> You already know he's a killer. Wacky tobacky. Ooh. It's like grandma. <laughs> um, so she's talking to the camera and she goes, you know what? This episode is the finale. Welcome to Encounters. Have fun watching my failure. And then I, turns the camera off. I really hate that line. And I know it's not... It's sequential, but it's not like... This ends. Because obviously it restarts. Yeah. We, we all figured that out already. But I really hate that that's where they showed it. It's like, this is the end, I'm giving up. And then instantly it's just like, you know what? Yeah. This one seems good. Yeah, so we cut to the next morning, and she's uh, like, okay, I'm feeling a little better. I've had my coffee. Uh, you know what? Actually, it is like the next day. Like, it's it's that morning. Yeah, like, I, I literally just said yeah. it wasn't, but 100% is. So, and then she, she finds an ad for a videographer for $1,000 for a day. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Um, so she, she texts the number on the ad, uh, she says, you know, I'm interested. We get a reply saying, do you scare easily? She says no. Then they arrange a meeting, and then we cut to Sarah driving to what I have dubbed the creep cabin, although it's a different cabin. It is, but I also want to point out something that comes up later, more probably. Sure. Where she, they're having the combo, it's really, like, pretty one-sided, I guess. But he goes, what's your name pretty far down? Oh, it's Sarah. Yeah. And he replies with, oh, Sarah's in my favorite song. Yeah. It seems super awkward, and it does come up later, but it still is pretty misplaced. I mean, let's be real. I'm sure it's not true. 100%, but... <laughs> 
So she says, since they arranged the meeting, the person has pretty much ghosted her. And I was thinking, why go then? I guess I don't remember that. Yeah, it's it, she just says it like while the camera's at her side while she's driving. Uh, and then she says, you know, I have no clue what, what to expect. I don't know what's going to happen. Why would you go if the person hasn't replied to you in a few days? Is it a few days? Yeah. I guess I kind of remember this. I guess the feeling I got was ghosted since I started heading out towards to this guy. I think she straight up says a few days. Huh. Yeah, I don't know why you would show up to that. That seems like your fault. Yeah. And so the, the door opens as she knocks on it. Like, just the pressure alone opened it. So she enters... And then we get jump scare number one of the movie, which is a loud noise. Um, and then she, like, turns around really quick, and Aaron is just making smoothies in a blender. Yeah. And he's now he's got long hair. He's yes. behind. Still wearing, like, Pretty much the same thing. Clothes. Yeah. Not the same thing, because he's got, like, shorts on. But in, like, it's a, like basketball shorts and a black shirt. It's not even basketball. Like, everything's skin tight on this dude. Like, yeah, you're this right. Guy's, this you're guy's right. hanging down. <laughs> So, he goes, you want a green smoothie? Very awkward. <laughs> Again, kind of giving this creep vibe. Oh my god. he is going to like build her up. He actually does one of my favorite things, which is she, she says like, hi, I'm Sarah, while the blender's going. And he goes, just touches his ear and goes, I can't hear you. And then points at the blender. Uh -huh. So good. Such an asshole thing yeah. to do. I don't give a fuck what you have to say. <laughs> so yeah, he brings her the smoothie. And she takes a sip of it, and she goes, oh, it's good. And he goes, yeah, and it's also poison. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. End of movie. Serial killer number 90. <laughs> no, you know, it's just a shitty Aaron joke. Yeah. Um, and then Aaron asks, you know, uh, can we start with a hug? Same thing as Aaron. Yeah. Like, he wants to make this physical contact, it seems like. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a reason for that. or that I think... Like, get people's guard down, make them feel like he's... That's probably what it is. Yeah. So, and then they sit down and start our intro to the dynamic we're going to get the rest of the movie. And then they're starting to talk to each other a little bit, and Joseph goes, So, what do you do? Like, what what do you do for work? And she goes, I film weddings. Um, I like this answer, because, like, this, this girl's done these weird encounters obviously before yeah. so she knows to keep guarded at least to some extent so it's not just like oh I do this and I'm here to film you yeah and she doesn't tell him that's why yeah it's just not just, I'm Johnny Knoxville welcome to Jackass <laughs> when he gets hit by uh, giant uh, a giant testicle yeah. um, right. so yeah she says I film weddings and Aaron goes that that's all you do really alluding like yeah. that line right there is like oh I know more than yeah. And then he goes, okay, well, I'm going to tell you what I do. Um, I'm a serial killer. Um, I love it. I've been doing it forever. It's the best job in the world, and I'm really good at it. I love this, because as soon as you start this movie, you're like, I already got feels from the first one in the intro scene. Yeah. What are they going to do next? Like, what's the big play? The big play is literally, I'm going to tell you exactly yep. what I am. And you get to learn a lot more about this character. Yeah, and so he says, I, I am technically a serial killer. I like the name murderer more, but my my kill count is so high that legally I am cons I am considered a serial killer. Which, what is it, three plus? Yeah, I think. That's, yeah, I'm pretty sure three plus makes you a serial killer. So. 
And so he says, I've killed 39 people, um, but now I'm turning 40, and I think I might have fucked myself in the head. Saying that exactly, mm-hmm. but exact words, yeah. And he says, You know, I just don't feel like the same killer anymore. Like, my my instincts are off, I'm not going with my gut anymore. Um, and like, this is just bringing you right back to the end of that first scene where it's just like he's not, yeah, gonna give it. and we're, we're gonna figure out why because yeah. therapy's too damn expensive. Scare if you give me money. There was an ad, somebody please listen to it. <laughs> and then he says, But then I heard this quote by Francis Ford Coppola uh, and it blew my fucking mind uh, and the quote was essentially embracing the the decline in your creativity and learning from it and using it to become creative again you didn't write down the exact quote did you fuck I, no. I don't hear it fuck no it was pretty long in fact yeah it, like, it, it was, wasn't like a it was like a 30 second quote yeah I don't remember exactly what he said, but yeah, that's the gist of it. And yeah, I would say it's. I'm wondering why they picked it for the movie in general. I, I I remember part of it. He says the quote was, "I haven't made an original movie in 27 years." That's right. Okay, it did fit a lot better in in, in actual dialogue. Yeah, especially thinking of like who the guy is who's actually behind this banger audio and just throwing up in my mouth apparently. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Fuck up. Uh, but like kind of getting beyond the movie and the character, like being creative, which with Mark Duplass, you know, he, he's doing these movies very creatively. Oh my God, He's not yeah. just pumping them out to pump them out. And that's he's, the whole reason we haven't got a third creep yet. Exactly. So like, maybe that's something that really resonates with him. Maybe that's the true quote and he just used it to create this script for this movie yeah but super good and so and then he says and from that quote i decided you know why make another movie for my 40th let's make a documentary about me and what i do and uh you can leave now if you want which is pretty much what he says to aaron in the first one like hey you can leave now it's fine um but if you stay I promise you this. I will not kill you within the next 24 hours. Because that would be counterproductive. I really like this scene. Again, like, the reveal on this is so good. And He's so nonchalant about it. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, like, in her perspective, it's like, obviously I don't believe you, but yeah. being on the outside, it's like, this guy's burying it. Like, you thought he was actually burying some feelings in the first one, and, like, here it's like, even if it's not totally true... You know he's a serial killer. Yeah. And so she she basically just says, yeah, I'm into it. Let's do it. Um, and Super dry. Like, she has very yeah. little, not emotion, but she just has such a dry pan way she speaks, I guess. And that's fine. Like, it works for her character. Right. But I I don't know. I, I wasn't too much a fan of that. I like her character overall throughout the movie. She gets significantly better the longer the movie goes on. Yeah. But definitely, like, first few scenes is pretty whatever. So, yeah, she says, you know, I'm down. And then he goes, I don't think your heart's in this. And then we cut to uh, Aaron showing her the video of him killing the real Aaron. Super good, because 
I guess, how far did you get into this? Because I, I really want to set the scene up if you didn't. So there, there's just one thing I want to say yeah. before you get into it, because I didn't go super into this. So while they're watching it and you see Joseph, I'll call him for this purpose, creeping up behind Aaron to kill him, Sarah goes, who's that guy? And, and he just turns around and goes, he's my friend. And then keeps keeps watching. And then he starts whistling the Peach Fuzz song. God damn it, Peach Fuzz. <laughs> Go ahead. I think more just to get into it, it's like, so she's sitting behind him. Again, it's all POV shots for the most part. They do better in this movie with that. Significantly. Um, so she's behind him. You see his back. They're watching TV. And you're watching exactly what you saw at the end of the first one when he, when he walks up behind Aaron yeah. and gives him the old thunker. <laughs> the old thunkaroo. Yeah, exactly. And she speaks a couple of times, and they're watching this movie just like you would in the first one. It's mm-hmm. not sped up. It's literally just them watching it. So Aaron's sitting on the bench, and he's just slowly walking up. And she speaks a couple of times. And the first one is the my friend, I think. Yeah. And the second one, she's like, she's just like, Shh. yeah. Just shut the fuck up. That that's when he starts whistling after after yes, he tells her to be quiet. Exactly. Yeah. So like it's just such a good scene because it's like I'm proving to you exactly what it is. She's obviously still skeptical. And so actually, we we see a little bit more of the kill than than in the first movie because we see Joseph takes at least three swings on Aaron. Right. And I love that. I I love that we see him take more swings and we also see him run out of the frame. Right. Which, which is you didn't see last time. which explains the quote unquote jump scare. Yeah, which I still don't like. So uh, Aaron turns around and goes, "So what'd you think?" And she goes, "It was interesting." Um, Total no selling. Like she got the stunner and just <laughs> got right up. <laughs> oh shit! It's three sixteen, baby. Oh, Give me a hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> so uh, he says, "Did it scare you?" And she says, did you want it to? I really like her reactions. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I really like to like, start to like her more. Like, to like her more, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> uh, she doesn't feed on this guy at all. And he, you don't really see it now, but he definitely does not like it. Yeah. Like, he is going for all of his usual tricks. And she does not feed it to him. And so he goes, hmm, I'll be right back. And... He leaves the room, and then Sarah kind of goes, oh shit, what the fuck am I doing here? Love like, this. like she drops the facade and actually shows that she's freaked out. Yeah, I love this. Because if she hadn't done this, I would have hated her through the whole movie. Yeah, and she actually zooms in on the axe from the first movie that Joseph is displaying on his wall. Which, I could not see that until she pointed it out. Really? I saw it in, like, the I, first shot when she walked into the I didn't house. see it at all, because it's, like, on a window seal, like, a kind of... Yeah. Like, it is mounted, and this is treasure. Almost tucked away, I guess. Kind of. I didn't think it's just wood on wood. Mm-hmm. Which I get. So, Aaron... <laughs> oh, man. This scene. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're so, Thunder Gun Expressing right now. So, Aaron comes back into the room with nothing on but a towel um, and goes through some bullshit long like uh, rant almost about how there's a barrier between men and women uh, being intimate without being sexual and being naked around each other but men can be naked around each other and women can be naked around each other and it's fine but if it's a man and a woman it's awkward and then he goes full ding dong full frontal takes the towel off full full soft penis and it's like 
don't know, 30 seconds to a minute? Like, it's not a glimpse at all? No, it's just, like, a, at least 20 seconds of just straight ding-dong. And he's just fucking... Strongman posing it. Just stood, just stood there. Yeah. Soft cocking it. And, and clearly, like, trying to get this reaction from her. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? So, and then she says, okay. And he goes, so we're good. And she goes, yeah, we're good. And then Aaron's like, all right. And Sarah's, Sarah uh, kind of flips it on him and goes, so is it my turn now? What? Yeah, and he's like, I'm sorry? She goes, is it my turn? And then he goes, uh, I, I guess so. Takes the camera, and then she goes full ding-dong as well. It's way briefer on her, though. Like, yeah. Not to be super weird about it, but like, they really emphasized his, because mm-hmm. she's filming, and then while he's filming, he's like barely on it. So I think that was actually a, a character choice from Mark Duplass. So she, she takes off her clothes, right? And we see, we see her chest. And then he zooms in on her face, almost like, I don't want to... Yeah, like, I think he's actually uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I don't think he... Well, A, he's definitely never had this experience with somebody's at least pseudo. Take a drink. Fuck! Hunting. You know, and then he's never... I doubt he has ever had anybody who just no-sells his reactions. You know, he yeah. clearly took it to a, a higher level of getting nude, which may be, like, something similar had happened before, so he's like, alright, this worked last time. Yeah. Like, he, he is... We, it's his bag of tricks. Yeah, like, we've seen he has things that work, and he goes to them, and, like, it's just not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, then Sarah goes, okay, so now we're good. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And she takes the camera to the bathroom, sits down, puts the camera in front of her, and she goes, I'm fucked. Love it. Pretty much, she's just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, she knew how to control that situation mm-hmm. to her advantage so she could start freaking out for real. And so she she says, uh, Sarah, his dick was out within 10 minutes of meeting you, but also, Sarah, his dick was out within 10 minutes of meeting you. This is a good thing for encounters, but a bad thing for her. Encounters, baby! And so she goes, I can't not do this. I don't think he's a killer, but this is going to be an incredible episode. Um, but she says, you know, just in case, shows him a pocket knife, says, I've got a knife in my boot. Uh, and that's actually much more important than I was led to believe yes. at the start. 100%. Like, I had to go back into my notes and write that line. Uh, and he also, like, again, this is a throwback almost to the beginning, well, excuse me, to the first one, but I don't really want to get into it I want your opinion if I'm just making connecting dots that aren't real. Sure. Uh, but we'll get back to that later. Okay. Uh, one thing I also did want to mention about this scene is that Aaron is kind of rushing Sarah out of the bathroom. Like, he, he calls for her a couple times, and then right after she mentions the knife in her boot, he, like, bangs on the door, and he's like, let's go. So she she gets out, and they leave. Uh, she, she actually turns the corner out of the bathroom, and Aaron tries to jump scare her. Like, does the whole jump out scream thing, but it doesn't affect her. Um, Didn't she even say, like, seriously? Yeah, she's like, really? Yeah. Uh, And then she notices this weird bald patch in his, like, beard. And she's like, what's that? And he really quickly, like, just shrugs it off. And he's like, oh, it's just, you know, some some guys have patchy beards. And then, like, walks away. I don't think we got into, or we didn't get into very much. He has significantly longer hair and a full beard. Yeah. 
So it's been like a few months since the first one, and mm -hmm. it's just based on that. Yeah, because in in the first scene, he looks just like he did in the first movie. Right. So they they go to leave. Aaron kind of does his little run that he always does and goes around the corner. Scampers. And then he tries to jump scare her again. And she goes, Aaron, seriously? Just instantly like, shutting it down. Yeah, and he goes, hmm, you're a tough one to crack, but I'll get you. And then they go outside. And I think this is a good spot to call Act 1 done. Act 1. All right. As always, True to the Week is over on our TikTok, at ScarepyPod. So, Act 2 opens with Joseph, sorry, Aaron. Joseph. <laughs> sorry, they're, neither of them are his real name. Joseph, Bill, Aaron, you know. Mark. Mark? Oh, hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Been waiting for that for a while. So, yeah, Aaron is driving them down a hill in, I think, Sarah's car, so Sarah can film. I assume so. I'm not, I didn't really think about it, to be honest. Yeah, and so Sarah's, like, filming out the window, and then she pans over to Aaron... Wearing the peach fuzz mask while he's driving. Just like really going for it at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Aaron says, what do you think about my mask? And she goes, it's cute. And then Aaron just fucking stops the car, pulls over, puts it in park, and he goes, what? So bad. Like, he's just... I don't think he's mad. I think he's into it. Uh, I don't know. I think he... I. The reason I disagree mostly is... He's so into control of these situations, like all, like clearly all situations. That's just his thing. I don't I think know. He's intrigued for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, but that's fair. I would fair. say he's way more annoyed most of the time. Because he pulls over and looks at her and goes, "Really?" And then she goes, "Yeah, you're you're a cute little wolf." And uh, the best line in the movie, he pauses for a second and goes, "What would you say?" If I said I was a naughty wolf. <laughs> Not the best line of the movie. Let's go ahead and fix that. It gets there, man. Hang on. There's more. It hit me. And what would you say that I told you at the end of the road, I'm going to cut off your head and snuggle fuck it? Snuggle fuck it. I did forget about that. It <laughs> is fantastic. Um, and then he howls. <laughs> oh! Yeah, real this one, he is significantly more into the wolf he, persona. He, yeah, he's all fursonaed out. Ooh, fursona. That should be on a t-shirt at a furry convention. I mean, I'm sure it is, man. I've never seen one, but... How many furry cons have you been to? Why do you know my, why do you need to know my business? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, our next podcast, Fur Talk, coming out next week. It will be silent, and I will be talking about my boy Yukimoto again. <laughs> so yeah, and then we cut to them walking down a trail, uh, and Sarah keeps trying to like interview him, like asking him questions, just random like, so did you have any friends when you were younger? Stuff like that. And he just straight up stops walking, turns around, and he goes, you're asking a lot of questions. Um, I've got just, I've, I've got a really good spot for this interview, so just hold it until we get there. And he, like, snaps at her. He's very clearly annoyed, and yeah. I think that's where it really comes into, like, he controls these situations. Sure. He is not used to somebody who is, like, because he usually pays these people. These people are not interested, and he has to somehow win them over mm -hmm. 
so they're not real engaged with him. Yeah, but, but she, she is, she is like all about it. She is not only all about it, but she is not reacting to anything he wants. He just, mm -hmm. I don't think he likes it. And so they get to a river, but he goes, where's all the fucking water? Love it. Um, and apparently, like a week ago, the water was running all the way up to his neck. And he said, you know, I wanted to be submerged up to my neck for the interview as like a Jesus metaphor. I, I really, like, don't believe that was true. No. But the reactions, like, coming up really makes him feel like maybe this was true. But it, again, it could just all be ploy. Like, I had a really hard time figuring this thing out. This, this version of Aaron, as opposed to Joseph, is a lot harder to read, I would say. Like, straight up from the beginning of Creep 1, you're like, yeah, this guy's fucking weird. You, you already know something's up. Yeah. yeah. So... He, he gets really flustered, right? And he's kind of just freaking out, like, this is ruined. We can't do this. And then she just says, hey, Coppola. Uh, and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then she Coppola. says, Francis Ford Coppola. And he goes, holy shit. He just, like, calms down. He went from frantic to zen almost. Like. Yeah, and then and we cut to him sitting in the water moving his arms like and we'll get to why but he's moving it like it's on waves which i really hate i thought it was way. hilarious it's hilarious but it's such a dumb thing and <laughs> such a dumb reason and so he starts by saying um winter december 1978 it was the last days of disco and then they're interrupted by a plane and then uh, while the plane's going over, Aaron asks Sarah to come over and fix his ponytail. Which, can we go back to the dying days of disco? The last days of disco. It is so fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's such a good line. Just for no reason at all. So good. Like, this is... You have just compared, your obviously, your birth year and your importance to killing disco. Which, if he did, he should win a medal. And so, they try to restart again. And then they, they start getting interrupted by birds chirping. Love it. And so he he throws a rock at the tree and he goes, I want you to fucking do it again. So, like, to preface a little more, he, so, like, the plane goes over, he's calm, he's just like, let's just let him go, but he's clearly annoyed by it. The birds is like a montage of every time, he, he, he goes through this intro, like, four and, times, yep. like, every time a bird interrupts him. <laughs> and then he starts throwing rocks and he's just screaming at these birds. It's fucking great. Because, again, he controls everything. And he can't make it happen. Just him him yelling at a bird, I want you to do it again. So Please. Good. So good. Uh, and then we cut to them starting again. December 1978. The last days of disco. And then Sarah interrupts him. And he's like, she's like, Aaron, there's there's a lot of shadow on you. You want to maybe back up ten feet? Um, and he just stares at her super pissed off. Um, gets up and walks away. He says, I need a break. But uh, we did not get into why his arms were waving. We didn't. And I was just about to circle back. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he's he's doing, like, waving arms the whole time. And she's like, why are you doing that? And that was one of the cuts, too, where he gets yeah. annoyed. And what does he say? Oh, it's for the... What does he call it? Essentially, if they were going to put water in uh, with, like, CGI. Yeah, like, post-production water. Yeah, so that it would look like he's sitting, like buoying in water. Yeah. It's like, no! None of that is how this works. Yeah. So, and then let's let's cut back to after Aaron walks away. 
she kind of just pans in a circle filming all around and then Aaron just doesn't come back after a while so she goes to look for him and she's just like yeah and at this point I actually wrote down we know this is going to lead to a jump scare but it doesn't no a great like build up to nothing I think it's building the suspense that you're used to with these movies already Mm -hmm. like it's only been one and two but he clearly has a pattern yeah and he's breaking the pattern I also really like when he does walk away it is super deadpan and he's just like I'm done and just nope silent yeah and so she's she's walking through like a a heavily wooded rocky area a slenderman area yeah yeah that's better than what I was gonna say what were you gonna say Eh, I was just gonna reference the first movie More on topic, but not as funny. You are terrible. (laughs) So, we eventually hear the sounds of snoring. Just Slenderman. Um, Jeff the Killer, actually. Jeff the Slender. (laughs) And then we find Aaron, like, face down, sleeping in the sand. Like, planking. Yeah, like planking. It's super awkward. Um, She touches his shoulder... To like wake him up, and he just brings his hand up and like interlocks his fingers with hers, and he's like, "Please don't leave." Is he snoring or is he like growling? See, that's what I thought. I thought it was growling, but the captions say snoring. Yeah, but that's for depots. Me. Oh fuck up! I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's like almost grunting or growling. Yeah, it's super weird. Maybe snoring. I don't think so. And so. Then he moves her hand to the back of his head, and he just says, like, hey, don't leave, please. And then we cut to that night at the cabin. All right, cut it, baby. (laughs) What a weird cut. Yeah, I feel like that scene didn't have a real big payoff, and almost they didn't know how to get out of it. Yeah. Because it just is pretty abruptly ended with no payoff. Mm -hmm. Like, the the scene isn't isn't cut. There's... They're just unhappy. Yeah, we just go to the night um, where Sarah says, you know, Aaron kind of shut down after his tantrum, and and he's been playing this fucking song on loop for an hour, and like, we hear some really shit, like, slow, like, like rock jam. Nine built 90s rock, I think. Yeah, it's, it's like a rock jam song, almost. Yeah. Um, and then she says, you know, I know that I should give him space, but for the sake of the episode, I'm gonna go fuck with him, pretty much. Which I really like, because now she, the, not now, but she's fully invested in, like, the reason she is there is for her show. Yeah. She's obviously scared of this guy from earlier admissions, but she's dedicated to her craft of eight followers, which I guess we are, too. <laughs> so she, she opens the door, and she starts to go downstairs, and we see Aaron sitting in a hot tub, which I think is almost like a callback to the first movie. Like, almost real Aaron had a premonition um, about the hot tub. Because he mentions the hot tub. Yeah, I don't know. It could just be a fucking hot tub, too. I don't know. I Um, think it's more... I think it'd be cool to think, like, there's some weird psychological thing. I think it's a connection, but I think it's a movie connection they intend to make. Gotcha. That makes sense. Because it's just a fucking hot tub. Yeah. And so, he's blaring this song. So yeah, Aaron's sitting in the hot tub with his hair over his face, and he goes, um, you need to leave. I don't want to make your movie anymore. He's done. And this seems legitimate. He, I mean, he straight up says, like, 
you've got your money, leave. Get out, yeah. I don't want you here anymore. Um, and, and he's not looking predatory in the sense like he's ready to attack. He just looks like... He's done. Yeah, he's not interested in anything. Yeah. And she says, like, why, do you, why, why are you changing your mind? And he goes, you need to leave. Like, he... It's almost like he's giving her a chance to, like, get out. Which, something comes up a little later that maybe that was what, was what he's going for. Which I want to talk, like, a lot more about when we get to the end sure. of the movie. And so, she says, you know, you told me when I got here that once we started, we couldn't turn back. And then she turns his music off. And, and he immediately goes, you need to turn that back on right he, the fuck now. Yeah, he gets pissed and then she just starts asking questions about the music um but he says you think you want to know my story but you don't actually want to which i don't know about you but like right here made me feel like nothing you said is true still really that's what i got like just from that line and everything you know about him where it's like everything is alive and he does manipulate a lot of everything that's going on I actually think he's being honest. That's where I like, I, it feels honest the more you get into it, but I, I wonder if it's just like, how far did he go into this? I think he's being honest because of the ending. That's um, a good point. We'll and and we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get so. that before the ending. So she says, you know, I actually do want to know your story. And he goes, fine. Very reluctant. I was 15, but I could pass for 18 because I was big for my age. I could go to bars for live music. One night there was an obscure band there. There were seven of us in the crowd. They played a song called Sarah Loves Her Juicy Fruit. This is the song that is blaring and why he mm -hmm. does enjoy the name Sarah. And he says, this song mesmerized me. So that night I, I went with the band to where they were outside of town and we partied all night. And for this first night ever, I felt like I actually belonged somewhere. But of course, the next day they had to leave and go to the next town. So I was walking home when a man with a nice, kind face offered me a ride. When I got in, the man said, oh my God, oh my God, it's going to be a good day. Definite throwback to the first movie right there. 100%. That's the first thing he ever says to Aaron in the original movie. And I wonder if it's true or not. Again, he is bearing his soul, but you just can't trust anything this guy says. Yeah. Between both movies at this point. Super interesting that you and me have, like, different opinions on this. I thought you and me would be on the same page with, like, I'm 100%. He's telling the truth here. I want to think he is, but the story he tells right here is pretty unbelievable to me. Sure. He might... I don't know. I definitely think he embellishes. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, he's... At the very least, he's embellishing the stories. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I just have a hard time to believe he's telling any full truth. I think at his heart, like, cut cut murder out of his life, this man's a good fucking actor and storyteller. Oh, 100%. Like... I watched him leave. He's good in that. <laughs> um, so the man, instead of taking him back to the city, he took Aaron to the woods, and he beat him within an inch of his life. He says... He made me dig a grave, tied me up, and said, in a couple minutes, I'm going to be burying you alive. Banger audio! Get your fucking phone up. <laughs> I saw it light up, and I, w I looked at you, like, oh, it's so about to happen. 
<laughs> First banger audio of the episode. What's our second, I think? Whatever. <laughs> Look, we need a banger, Cal. It's the closest thing we're getting to bang the long time. Bang, 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 bang. Um, so he said, in the next couple minutes, I'm going to be burying you alive. And for some reason, I knew what was happening, but I wasn't mad at the guy. I, I actually loved him. He was great. Uh, his only flaw was that he wasn't very good at tying knots. Um, I loosened my hands, used the rope to strangle him to death, and while I did that, I realized this was my destiny. Sarah loves her juicy fruit, and Aaron loves to kill. This is why I just... This story is so outlandish. Like, oh, it gets worse, man. It does, but like, this guy who is now a serial killer... At the age of 15? Yeah. Serial killers are generally pretty well predetermined. Not predetermined. There is definitely a lot of nurture versus nature, but... Cletus Cassidy. I also know comic book characters. (laughs) But... It's just an outlandish story where it's like, this is what sets you onto it. Like, usually it's like when you're significantly younger. Yeah, 15's impressionable, but... I just don't buy it. It's so weird. It's like, oh, I do love to kill people. Not, I've been fantasizing about this for a long mm-hmm. time. Here's an opportunity. And it gets even weirder because next he says, yeah. I, I stripped I stripped him of his clothes and I stripped myself of mine. I put him in the grave and I laid with him all night. I just laid there next to him. Again, just like kind of an awkward, it almost feels like he's going for shock value. And then, and then he says, I, I lied to you about the patches on my beard. Uh, it's actually a disease called trichotillomania. I think that's the correct pronunciation. I believe so. I've actually heard of this before this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like not terribly an uncommon yeah. thing. And well, it's uncommon to have, but... It, it's basically a disease that makes people pull hairs out of them. Like their head, their, head, their beard, their body, everything pretty yeah. much. I don't know what causes it, but... I think, I guess I don't know what causes it, but similar to like people that bite their nails down. Yeah, it could like, be like an anxiety thing. Yeah, I think that's similar. And so, uh, he says, the, the man that I killed had it, and my spirit absorbed that from him. Now my ritual is lying with each of my victims naked and taking a part of them with me. But now it's gone, and I'm sad, and I want you to leave, because tonight is going to be a very, very bad night. Even more so, I just... I got this disease by laying with this guy. Yeah. But there's a lot of shit you get from laying with dead bodies. That's not one of them. Yeah. And this next part, a little strange. Even after what I just said, this next part's a little weird. Yeah. So I think just reactionary. After it's this whole weird. thing, Sarah puts the camera down, like facing Aaron, and gets in the hot tub. Holy clothes. Um, gets behind him and starts massaging his like neck and back. Uh, now I don't know about you, but I normally st- bang your audio. It wasn't me this time. Yeah, I got actually work for you, sir. Fuck up. Um, so yeah, she starts massaging him in the hot tub. I don't know about you, but normally I skip this part of the porn. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, Sarah asks, you know, do you feel better now? While while she's massaging him, and he says, well, a little. And she goes, all right, I'm going to go take a shower. And just dips out. Yep. Just, all right. Well, see you later. 
then we cut to a shot of the ceiling. Um, Aaron turned on the camera and he says, Hey Sarah, it's me. Um, I, I just wanted to say thank you for helping me and inspiring me. And then he pans down to a knife in his hand and he says, and now I don't know what to do. Then he creeps into her room hey, old creepy boy. while she's showering. We hear the shower on. And this is the part where I wanted to touch on the red a little bit more. Okay. Because he goes to the bathroom, and the bathroom is a red light bulb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually did totally space Yeah, so it's it's not like every other room in the house where it's regular light. It's a, a straight-up, like, red Halloween light bulb for, like, the shower room. Which, ah, weird. Edgy. Edgy teen shit. Um... And so he he sneaks up to the shower curtain, pulls the curtain open, and Sarah jumps out from behind him around the corner with like a tape mask on. Super weird. I, I didn't like it. That far, but whatever. Um, and he he actually gets so scared he falls to the ground. And she's like screaming. Yeah. With this tape on her face, salt pig nosed. And she asks, you know, how how'd you feel? And then he says, I I feel like. Like, um, and then he starts growling, and then they both howl, both of them together. Um, one thing I I wanted to point out here he had a knife in his hand. Where'd it go, and why didn't she notice it? Um, knife facts. Moving on. Perfect. Uh, cut to them playing hide and seek outside. Um, in the woods outside, yeah, like in the surrounding area. Pitch black, flashlights, hide and seek. Like, this is how you got abducted as a mm-hmm. child. So, hang on. Is there yeah. a story there? Papa? <laughs> so, Aaron is seeking, uh, and Sarah scares him from outside of a room. Because he, like, hears... I don't know if he hears a noise or just goes in. Oh, the door's cracked. That's what it is. Yeah. So the door's, the door's cracked open. She's just baiting the fuck out yeah, of Yeah, he, he sneaks into a room and he's like, Sarah, you ain't here? He, he's playful. He, and he's, he thinks he's on He says, you being bad? <laughs> hey there, little buddy. <laughs> what are you doing? You fucking piece of shit. And then she jumps out at a window, smacks the window, and he goes, motherfucker, runs outside... And then, I don't know how this happened, but we, like, cut around to Sarah having the camera. Uh, and the light's, like, flashing as he's, like, running at her. I think it's, uh, like, oh, wait, it's hide-seek, so maybe they switched roles at this point. She got seeked. <laughs> so, yeah, she she's recording him running at her, pretty much. Right. And we think, oh, is this the kill? Nah, cut. He's just, fuck, like, they're... Frolicking in the woods. They're making the sunlight, they're making the moonlight, having a wonderful time! <laughs> Tiny Tim, baby. I like Tiny Tim, man. No, watch the rest of his shit, that's weird as fuck. Bang your audio, turn your fucking phone off. <laughs> Damn, three in the same act. You suck. <laughs> it was your phone too, fuckboy. I don't think so. Alright. Inconclusive. So then we, we cut to Aaron chopping wood with the axe. Uh, Sarah says probably the most commonly used line in this whole series which is if i ask you a question will you answer honestly it's always said the exact same verbiage every single time and i think it's on purpose i think so too i think it's i guess 
don't know, like an opener to a real scenario almost yeah. every time. I don't know why it is. Maybe that's just verbiage she likes mm-hmm. when they're writing it. But it, yeah, it's definitely a common trend. And so she says, when you're holding that axe, is there a party that wants to ram it into my face? I get it. Uh, and he says, well, of course, but then we wouldn't be able to keep having all this fun that we're having. And he does legitimately seem like he's like way more than with Eric mm-hmm. in the first movie where he's fucking with him. He's actually time. like enjoying himself. Yeah, he seems legitimately happy. And he says, well, you know, I, I thought I would be long dead before I got to share my work with anyone, but now you're here. And then we cut to Aaron shooting pool. Sarah asks, you know, have you ever had any remorse for any of your victims? He says, well, a little, but I always feel like, you know, I give him a fair warning. I actually really like this explanation. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. So he, he always puts something in, in his ads that's like, this might be dangerous. Which, in the ad for Sarah, he name drops a movie. In it, a, in a, uh, inter- interview with the Vampire. Yes. Which, I think he calls it Interview with a Vampire, which is not the correct It's a Mandela title. effect. It is, but it does bother me. Um, and then he starts talking about one of his latest victims, who he calls Buddy, Aaron. Uh, he says, you know, I, I stuck an axe outside of the house that I was renting, and Buddy still stayed with me. Uh, it's it's almost like he wanted to die. Like, pretty innocuous to the kill e, but the killer thinks he's giving, like, this big favor. Yeah, and it's almost like he's more dissociated with, dissociated from reality. Like, he thinks he's doing this big service, but actually, like, no, dude. He's, he's clearly luring these people in with money, and they're just greedy. Which, I mean, it's a job. Somebody paid me a grand to watch you get naked and do it. Like well, 50 bucks. Let me throw you a 50 real quick. <laughs> oh, I was going to pay you. <laughs> so she asks, um, did you kill Buddy with the axe? And he says, yup. And she goes, are you going to kill me with the blender then? <laughs> <laughs> Great line, by the way. Oh, and then... I totally spaced the... Mm-hmm. Correlation, I guess. Yeah, so it's like the first thing that Buddy saw is what he died with. So the first thing that she saw was the blender. Right. And then he goes, that's a great fucking idea. But I promised you I wouldn't kill you. And then she goes, uh, actually, you said within the next 24 hours you wouldn't kill me. Which I really like, because mm-hmm. you think that wordplay is going to come back, and it's, it's you know, like, no, I fucking heard it. And then he looks at her, and he goes, now, why would you bring that up? Doing that only gets you in trouble. I love it. And then we cut again to Sarah washing dishes? Well, I want to rewind for a sec. So I feel like that's, again, him having control. And she's just shutting him down. Like, no, I fucking heard you. Yeah, definitely. And he's just like, God damn it. Like, he, and he's playing it off because he is enjoying it. Mm. But he's still being cut off at every turn. Yeah, like, like he slipped all this. I guess I'll call him Buddy for the rest of the episode. He slipped Epidote. all this. Epidote. He slipped all this stuff by Buddy, and Sarah's just not happy. No, and I think this is like a super common trend for him, so he's been pretty cut off, I guess, at every corner. Thrown off his game a little bit. A hundred percent. Like, especially you could tell in the lake scene, mm-hmm. where he almost seemed like he had some like a lot more planned, which obviously he did in his monologue, but I think even more so, like maybe he played a killer there. Yeah. But it's like every scene it just 
she surprises them, it seems like. And so, then, yeah, we cut to Sarah for some reason. Why am I slurring my words? We cut to Sarah washing Aaron's dishes, and Aaron, like, creeps up behind her filming. And Aaron says, hey, have you ever spent time in the woods? Like, have you ever watched a deer be a deer? And I think he's kind of, like, saying, like, to her, like, you know, I'm kind of watching you be a person right now. Like, I'm watching prey be prey. Oh, I definitely didn't catch that. That's a really good take on that scene. So I, I didn't really get the scene, to be honest. I, I didn't get it at first either, but then I, I rewatched the movie a couple times because, obviously, I hate my life. Um, hey, I hate your life, too. <laughs> and he, he says it in, in a manner where it's like, there's definitely another meaning there. Um, and then she she looks at him for a second and then goes, put the camera away. That's my job. So I kind of like yeah, trying to shut it down. Just shuts it down. I love it. Like, again, I we said it earlier. I really like her character before she's in it. Mm-hmm. She starts off pretty rough, but really is exactly what the movie that, that Aaron's character needs. Yeah. It's the total opposite. And then we cut again to... Sarah now filming and pouring wine as Aaron uh, yells from the other dro- the other room, uh, Mommy needs juice. Ma- super weird. Mommy needs juice. Yeah, he's, he's like a kid again. He's super excited. He's all peppy, kind of like throughout the first movie. And that Mommy needs juice, I don't understand him. I, I love it. I think this is why, because he's about to drop a fucking bomb on her right now. So... They, she brings him the wine and she asks, you know, you're being kind of silent right now. What are you thinking about? And he goes, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this book I was reading. It's called The Journalist and the Murderer. And it, it's this really gripping story about how journalists lie to their subjects to basically get what they want. And it, what made me think of the story was I was watching this little show called Encounters. And he gives her a little, like, little eyebrow raise, and he goes, didn't know I knew about that, did ya? Really expected to throw her off again. Mm-hmm. Like, this is him building up and dropping. He says, I know a lot about you. And she says, like, what? And he goes, well, for one, you don't film weddings. Um, hey, bitch. I know there's a knife in your boot. Um, I don't think you fully lied, though. Per se, I think you just kind of mess with the facts a little bit. And I love doing that because it's one of my favorite things to do. I understand. Um, I'm not mad, but I need you to answer a question for me. Do you believe I'm a serial killer? And also, it takes out your mouth. <laughs> That's not Final Countdown. <laughs> uh... So do you believe I'm a serial killer? She says, no. He goes, why not? And she says what you've been saying this whole time. Uh, Your stories are fucking ridiculous. And filming a documentary makes no sense because I can just go to the cops after this. And he says, well, good point. But you won't go to the cops because tomorrow I'll be dead. Because tonight you're going to kill me. It's actually a really good bomb, and it to- again, just like in the beginning when he's like, "Yeah, I'm a killer." Totally you know flips the script. Yeah, 
which I think again is where Mark Duplass is just like, I'm gonna make this if we can make a really good, interesting story out of it, and they do a great job. And he does a great job. It's just the the way he says it is just so like he's excited. Like he says, You're gonna kill me. Like, that's why you're not gonna go to the cops. Uh, he says, you know, why would I make my 40th film just like the rest? And why would I make a pretentious fucking documentary? We need a movie where the student points at Sarah, kills the master, points at himself. And I know that you'll do it because you'll do anything to make great art. And this is going to be the best episode of Encounters. He almost seems like he's praising her because he does like the show, which, you know, who knows where that point is. But I do kind of want to rewind back to the beginning where it, so he calls himself a master right here and when he's first explaining he's a killer I think he calls himself the world's most prolific serial killer yeah and then starts going in about himself so it's like he clearly thinks highly of what yeah, he does but just himself in general yeah and so then we cut to Aaron kind of like walking super easily super super excited sorry walking backwards super excited saying look it's super easy and I'm gonna ease you into it put the camera down and let's get going girl and then he he runs and grabs the peach fuzz mask and starts dancing around. Of course. Uh, and like, I'm curious, so like, what were your thoughts here before getting farther? Sure. Um, on what exactly? Just is he is he fucking with her? Is he does he really want to do this? I think he wants it. I think he wants to die. I think he's fucking with her. Really? Yeah, and I I can see both ends because there's two very distinct parts that argue both parts yeah. of the side. But I really think he's fucked. No, I think man. this whole thing's still a screw job. I think he's setting her up to continue his lineage. I think that's just what he wants you to believe. I think, because when it comes down to it, he is making all these films. He's done it 140 times. He's filmed every one of them. These films are for him. So I really think all of this is still a show. That's fair. I think he's being more candid to get his spark back. Sure. And that's why he's admitting more than he ever has, which potentially is true. But I still don't think he's out to do this for... I think he's willing to go the distance, which we'll see later. But there are a couple things where I'm just like, I don't think you... I think he's fucking with her. So I think it definitely... For, for one reason, I'm going to stick with, with my opinion that I think he's being honest because we'll get to it at the end. Also, can we point out that almost every time you do that, I sway you. Uh, you're not going to sway me this time. You're not going to. I promise you. How'd you feel about Aaron last time? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to sway me this time. I All promise. Right. Right. So I think I on on your side of the argument, I will say, I think that he might have originally intended for this to be his like send off and like she's going to carry it on, and then maybe throughout the day he realized like, man, she really got me back into this. I can keep going. And then he kind of was like, well, I'm going to stick with my plan. And if she kills me, she kills me. But if she doesn't kill me, I'm back, baby. I'm John Wick. I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> what a terrible line to get from that movie. The only line for that movie should be that dog. Because that's the only thing that matters. Save that dog. So, yeah, so he, he grabs the peach fuzz mask, starts dancing around. He gives her the axe. 
And he says, look, I sharpened it so you're good to go. And he puts the mask on and lays down on the table and says... This is in his living room, by the way. I yeah. think we like, got a yeah. great sense of what's going on. He's li- he is, again, planking on this like large coffee table coffee table with his head hanging over like guillot- guillotine stuff yeah like he, he's just ready all right cut my head off and he says i'm i'm wearing the mask so you don't have to look me in the eyes because that's the toughest part yep um which is i think it's a callback to the first movie because he kills aaron while he's looking away from him like his head has turned heads turned away yeah i don't i don't think so because like we know he's killed several times before i think it's just this is an experience thing i'm actually teaching you sure Fuck off. Uh, I mean, fuck you. Uh-huh. Aaron, Aaron makes sure that the camera hears him say, "I want you to do this. Uh, you have my consent." So, so it's an it's more of an assisted suicide than a, than a homicide. Which he says, I think. Yes. Exactly that, right? Okay. So, she asks, uh, you know, any last words? And he says, "Nope, I've talked enough for ten lifetimes." Which I really like, because that guy fucking never shuts up. <laughs> Just like me, baby. Um, Shit's interesting. He killed somebody. What did you do? Back uh, to the episode. Anyway, <laughs> so she she goes to swing, and then he says, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." And then he howls. Oh. And then he says, "All right, go for it." And she she has the axe behind her head, ready to swing, and then she just doesn't. It's a really good scene. Tension-wise, yeah, she she throws it up like it's happening. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not going to happen here, but it almost gives you that feel that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting there like, <laughs> and then we cut to Aaron sitting on like the outside of his. I don't know what it would you call it a loft? Like it's it's a a, a loft area with. A wooden banister and he's like sitting on the ledge on the outside of it yeah it's like yeah i think lost the best sure. way to put it he's he's looks like he's about to jump off for some reason yeah and he's tying the noose around his yeah. neck fantastic uh, and he says okay this is a much better idea um i don't know why i didn't think of this I before i love the explanation because he's just so happy he's yeah. so excited this whole uh-huh. time by the way and he says uh, now unless you come to save me uh, I die, so technically you do kill me, so it still counts. Yep. Um, so still murder, but not murder. And then he's sitting there, he's got the noose around his neck, and he goes, you ready? And she goes, uh, actually, I don't think I... And then he jumps. So he's just like, yeah, fuck it. And he starts hanging in a really good hanging stunt where there's no cuts, you see his face the whole time. Uh, I think they do this, like, all these scenes seem legit. I, I think it's him, just like in the first one, where you can't see the cut of him hitting yeah. Aaron. Like, are you about to tell me he actually killed that man? Oh yeah, hundred percent. He <laughs> killed that man. No, no. I think they just they they go all out. They don't mm-hmm. spend a lot of time. Well, they obviously spend a lot of time, but they don't. They go to the max on it. They make it look as real as possible. Yeah, definitely. They do the stunts. And goddamn, it looks good. Yeah. So he was probably actually choking at least some extent when filming yeah. that scene. And so she she <laughs> puts the camera down runs to help him obviously starts like pushing him up and she's like you know fucking climb up and then we hear something like either a beam in the ceiling breaks or something happens yeah, whatever the noose is tied to which i think is above the lock so it's probably just like a not a loose board but like, like a support beam or something yeah like not even a support beam but like more of a decorative one yeah. that they put along to 
give the ambiance. Mm-hmm. It's like and, a super nice cabin, by the way. And the beam breaks, and Aaron falls to the ground, uh, and then it's like black, and then we cut to. Well, we don't cut. I'm sorry. So it's it's a black screen, for some reason, and yeah, Sarah why, and Sarah's saying like Aaron, like are you okay, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Uh, and honestly, I think this is a good spot to end Act Two and start Act Three, man. Three coming at you. All right, Act Three opens with. Aaron walking around with the camera trying to find Sarah and he says you know I've got a really cool idea Uh, and then he finds Sarah sitting on the chair in the living room uh, putting her shoes on like getting ready to fuck off yeah just nope it out Leslie nope it out he he does the thing that he did to Aaron and he's like did did I scare you like did I freak you out like this is where I get back to I don't think this is all real and he's back to the playbook I don't know I still think it's real man Look at your hair. My hair is fantastic and awful. <laughs> I look like two lesbians. <laughs> um so he he says, Did I freak you out? And she just says, fuck off. I um, really like her bluntness. Mm-hmm. She just She's keeps saying done. fuck off. Because like, can you imagine being in that scenario? Hey, you're gonna kill me. She went pretty far by even grabbing that axe and not just be like, I'm fucking done. And then he tried to hang himself in front of her. I get that. We've all been to parties. <laughs> Red Solo Cup, people hanging off the balcony. Shit Red, happens. Red Solo Cup, I'll fill you up. <laughs> what are you doing? I am so disgusted by what you just said to me. You're so aroused. Uh, when did you switch into assless chaps? Obviously you weren't looking, so they ever worn in my life. <laughs> so, and then she she just goes off on air and saying, you know how fucked up that was? Uh, and you, you just tried to fucking, first of all, get me to kill you, and then tried to kill yourself in front of me. And then he goes, okay, just, just give me one second, and I can explain everything. And then he just runs away, and at this point, I thought he was going to run and grab a weapon and try to kill her. I thought he was going for beach fuzz. I mean, that would have been hilarious, too. Oh, uh, yeah, that would have been good. Uh, but he, he runs and opens a door and grabs a harness out from behind, like, a, a hiding spot he had. And he walks back over and he shows it to her and he goes, This was under my shirt when I hung myself, hanged myself. I was in no real danger. This is more to my thought of that he's fucking with her. Not that he had this, like, I think, again, I think he's willing to go the distance... But he's protecting himself enough to not die? I don't think he was wearing the harness. I think he had it there for this reason. Really? Yep. Um, and then I just don't think he's clever. Like, I think he's clever, but I don't think he's got that. Dude, I think he likes this girl. I agree, but he didn't know that going into it. Why would he have had the harness? Like, he didn't know he was going to like her. I think he was trying to get her to admit it, to push his experience to the max. Where she tries and he comes back at her. But I think he wanted to win overall. I don't think so. I think he was willing to put his life at risk for it. But I don't think... And like the support group breaking, pretty believable, but also easily staged. Like he could have cut that beam. He tied it to obviously something. Also, 
Tying a noose around a beam, that's not like a two-minute job. I don't know, man. I do not think... I think he was willing... I've said three times already. I think he was willing to go the distance and put himself in the danger, but I think his end goal is to win. Even even with the upcoming. All right, so then he, he says, you know, Sarah... I really like you, and I'm, I'm trying to connect with you, but I know it's not working, and I know you don't feel the same way. So I'm, I'm just trying to give you what I can, and that's that's giving you the best episode of Encounters that you've got. And, you know, obviously, no, I'm not a murderer. But I am a liar, and I'm disconnected from the world. But all day, I've just been so happy because you're just such an incredible person. And, you know, I just, I really like you. Which, besides that I'm not a murderer, is like the most believable thing I think you yeah. said. And so she says, uh, thanks. Total cold shoulder on this guy at this point. It'll make a great scene. And then they start laughing. Fuck that. Yeah. You know how that's... The movie lost me for a second here. Yeah, I don't like that that's where it went to, because it felt so good for a second, and then the laugh, like, them laughing it off just felt really Yeah, it's like, how are you going to believe that out yeah, of everything he it, told you today? Exactly. And then we cut to them sitting together um, in, like, a bar area in the house or something. Yeah. Uh, and in the background, there's this big, like, full wall-sized painting of a castle. And she says, we're going to play a game. Uh, and he goes, oh, is this a game you play in your castle? And points to the wall. And she goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. Um, and she says, we're going to play Two Lies and a Truth. Which is the flip reversal yeah, of which, the Two Truths and a Lie from Phoenix Forgotten. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if there's a copyright on that, because Phoenix Forgotten was such a banger. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it seemed really awkward, because I've also, like, never heard it that way. I've never heard two lies on a truth. It just doesn't even sound good. Yeah, it's, it's always two truths and a lie. I guess it makes more sense plot-wise for Aaron to be able to lie more. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It, she, he also didn't bring it up, so mm -hmm. it's just, it seems a little flimsy. So Aaron decides to go first, and I'm gonna let you guess, <laughs> even though you've seen the movie. I forgot. Uh, he says, well, I was born three months premature. Um, I'm a virgin. And I can hold my breath for two and a half minutes. Which one is it? Well, she she starts to say, well, I think it's the breath one. And he just cuts her off and he yep. goes, I'm a virgin. Yeah, he does not give a fuck what she has to she say. He says, it's it's the second one. I'm a virgin. And she goes, you're fucking with me. And then he explains, uh, you know, I, I noticed something was off in me in my teens. Um, and I, I also had my first mental break when I was a teenager. Uh, and then my, my family sent me away and I spent five years in a mental institute from the age of 14 to 19. And yeah, I've never had a girlfriend. I've, I've never, never even had a first kiss. I just kind of missed the bus. Um, and she says, well, do you want your first kiss? He says, yeah, I'm correct. He says, okay. He bellies it up. He straight up says, okay. How do you, so I want to know your thoughts on this one too. How do you feel about like? Do you believe this? Do I believe that he's a virgin? Yeah. No. No, not at all. Like I think he's definitely a weirdo and disassociated, but he can clearly get people to like. Well, him. here's what I think. 
I think he's legitimately into Sarah, and he's trying to, like, get her to come on to him. Because he, I, I missed this because I didn't write it down, but now that I said it, I'm remembering. Part of his, like, explanation as to I'm a virgin, he goes, even when you came on to me in the hot tub earlier tonight, I didn't know what to do. You could tell. And she kind of gives him a look like, I wasn't coming on to you. Because she wasn't. No, she was just being a weirdo. Yeah, um, a creep. I'm a creep. Only I could say. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you took my face, you son of a bitch. I'll kill you. Damn. Hit oh. with the banger over here. <laughs> that was well. Yeah, oh man, I wish I, I wish we had the camera set up now. That would have been fantastic. Because your face when you said that <laughs> was so goddamn funny. One hundred serious. Just dead serious. Yes. Oh my god. So good. Oh. Uh, we'll go ahead and throw that in now. We will be getting a cam. A cam. <laughs> oh, fucking serious, man. I just watched Home Alone Two. I'm gonna get my talk, boy. Fucking, we will be getting a webcam yeah. and recording these, and you can fucking deal with the editing. Yeah. We're not going to do it on that. Yeah, I just don't have the facilities to do video editing. Also, I think it'd be funnier to be uncut. Oh, yeah. So you there can will see... definitely be a warning of all the <laughs> horrific things I've said that have been cut. Everywhere. I'm going to be honest, I don't remember if our last episode, if I left it in or not. But in, in the first Creep episode, we talked about waffles for four and a half minutes. Oh, it's... It, God damn, you better not cut all that. I think I might have. I know we talked about it on because I listened to it because I listened to my voice and masturbating. That'll get cut. Hey, you can I, listen to that on the webcam, baby. That's not getting cut. Oh, I know. That was the bit. God damn it. Yes and me. No. No but me. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> Fuck off. Get back to the movie. Yeah, I'm so sorry. No. Okay. So. I am not. You're welcome. Okay. Run it back. Hit, hit me with a rewind. Thank you. <laughs> that was close to an Elvis. I'm going to repeat myself. Only I may sing. <laughs> oh my god. This is so off track. <laughs> Maybe be a taco. No. Okay, so... Sarah says, do you want your first kiss? Aaron, like kind of shyly goes okay like a 16 year old on prom yeah like like I said in the Phoenix Forgot episode we've all been there we know two truths and a lie and truth and error are just ways to make out with somebody 100% um, and then they have like a super awkward long kiss for a first kiss It. I mean it feels super forced yeah definitely Maybe it's the angle, too, because it's a really... <laughs> it's just straight it's side straight, angle. Like, yeah, it's really close up, but mm. you just see cheeks and not butt cheeks. I was so hoping that when they kissed, Aaron kept his eyes open. Uh, that would have been, been so if good. If he had, like, stared at the camera and winked, that would have been the best. <laughs> That's how I make out, baby. I know, I've seen your camera roll. What's a camera roll? Never mind. Is that like a sushi roll? I don't like sushi. It's your fucking job to push through this. <laughs> so yeah, they have they have that super awkward long kiss. Um, and then afterwards, to quote his words, he goes, That was cool. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Same 16-year-old bullshit. Fucking sweet, bro. <laughs> dude, 
I made out with Sarah yesterday, bro. Dude, Sarah! <laughs> Uh, and then we cut to leaves rustling, and then they're walking in the woods as Aaron says, I've got a great idea for the climax of the episode. Uh, and then she goes, what is it? And he goes, why would I tell you? We're not there yet. <laughs> I do like that he often just plays off, like, when she does give in to him slightly, yeah. he's just like, tee yeah, dumb lady. I mean, you know, I think he's still being serious with her, but... Oh, 100%. I guess not serious in what you're saying. He's, that's wrong. It's not. So he, he stops and he says, Okay, before we start, I have a surprise for you, but you need to close your eyes. And she goes, Why would I close my eyes? I'm alone in the woods with you. And he goes, Come on, just do it. Come on, bro. Be cool. Be cool, bro. Just um, a little murder. And then she does it. And we see him, obviously the camera doesn't, turn off because right. uh you Which know i'm really glad they didn't that would have been hilarious I, no that would have been awful if they're like let me put let me close my eyes and put my lid on my camcorder so her eyes close the camera stays on aaron and we see him pull out the j plus a necklace um and he goes okay open your eyes and he says this is a symbol of my affection for you but i didn't have enough time or a chance to make one for you because you were kind of a surprise um but here this is for you this gives me more credence than to believe like he was gonna kill her i don't think so at all man i think so i think he he likes her actually so he wants to show her that and he didn't think he was going to he thought he was going to be dead so he didn't make her anything, but now that they were having this experience together, he's like, fuck, why didn't I do that? I think it was more just a... He didn't expect to get this far. Like, he was ready to push it to the max. Maybe he wouldn't be dead, but I think more likely... Okay. I don't know. I just... I don't think that was the plan, and that's why he didn't do any of it. He was just trying to I think he was more of expecting more something similar or maybe a better experience because of the show he had seen okay but I just do not think his plan was to be dead at least not guaranteed sure um and so he he puts the necklace on her and he says now it's time for part two he spins her around and we see nothing just woods then he walks in front of the camera and turns the camera a little bit to the left, and we see a freshly dug grave. And he says, uh, I dug this before you got here, and I wasn't sure if it was for me or you, but I think I know now. He takes the camera, films Sarah, and then we hear stabbing sounds, and he's fucking stabbing himself. And this is why I think he's serious about dying. I think he wanted to die originally, but now he's like, I think there's a connection here. We're both good. A couple things I want to bring up. One, we definitely glazed over that he stole her knife from her boot. We kind of talked about the scene. Son of a bitch. This but, well, that this is right now actually when he says it. I just didn't didn't write it down. Oh, is it now? I thought it was earlier. No, it's it's this. So so he shows her. Sorry, we'll we'll cut that and we'll get back to it. So he. We are way too lazy for that. Just get into it. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Fuck off. So he says, uh, you know, I, I dug this grave before you got here. Wasn't sure if it was for you or me, 
but now I know. And he reveals knife in hand. Mm -hmm. He, you know, she obviously looks terrified. He takes the knife out. She goes to get hers, but he goes, no, 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 this, this is yours. I grabbed it when uh, I fell after the fake hanging. Thought you would have noticed that, but you didn't. Sure, really like that line, and uh, the reason I want to bring it up is that this is alluded in the last episode and in the beginning of this one. Uh, very much to me felt similar to the check scene. There's a check in your boot. Sure. Like I don't know why, and it's maybe it's a reach at it, but it felt very similar to me, especially watching him back to back. He's got a foot fetish. I guess maybe that's it. Uh, <laughs> no, but definitely def I can see where you're coming from with that for sure. Like I don't know why, like. In the, in the first one, it's, hey, I have uh, life for you via money. And yeah. In this one, it's, I have taken your power. And so then he says, are you ready? And zooms in on her face. And this is when he starts stabbing himself. Right. Um, so this is where I want to get into why I don't, again, I don't think he's trying to kill himself. Okay. He stabs himself. Uh-huh. He stabs himself in the gut. He knows how to make a kill. But he stabs himself like six times, man. He does, but it's in the same spot. Like... Again, he knows how to make a kill. He like, why would he torture himself? Which obviously he's like, even his reaction after is he's happy and happy. Well, still. He, he explains it. He so he he stabs himself. Then he turns the camera and we see blood pouring out of his stomach. Like there's a lot. Yeah, 100%. and he says, uh, so this is what we're gonna do. I'm going to stab myself, you're going to stab yourself, we're going to crawl into the grave and we're going to die together. Someone's going to find this camera and they're going to see all the fun we've had and this relationship we developed. And we're, we're going to be like Romeo and Juliet. See, and again, like, this doesn't make sense to me. So the story has gone from, you're going to kill me, become the master, and essentially continue my legacy. Mm -hmm. And now it's, oh, we're going to kill each other because we're in love. I, yeah, I think... I, I don't buy it. It doesn't make sense to me via this character. And I think his plan is he stabs himself knowing what he can survive, because he has done this 39 times, supposedly. And she's going to get... She's definitely going to die. If, if she tries to stab herself or she does, he's going to take over and finish the job. I don't know, man. I, I truly think, like... He was planning on dying this whole day, and then they developed what he thought was this connection because they kissed, and he and she quote unquote came on to him in the hot tub, and there's all this stuff like that seems like she actually cares about him, and now he's like, this is this is different, and she's gonna do it because she's like me. But I don't think he sees her her like him, and I think he is, and maybe this is part of the falling out of love with killing. And not trust these instincts, but he knows what these people go through and how to control these situations. Obviously, she's different, but maybe that's why he is enjoying it again. And maybe that was part of what he knew because she could handle more than the average person. Maybe that's why he seeked her out. I I just don't buy it. I don't think this this guy's a hundred percent narcissist. He takes care of himself. He's like through both movies, he's always. In like workout clothes, he's very fit, he's drinking healthy drinks, he loves himself, he's always bragging about himself. This guy is 100% narcissistic. I don't think he's gonna kill himself. Man, I just, I'm not... I, I see the teeter, and I get it, but I just don't think it's enough to, because you can't trust what he says. I don't, because he gives her the knife after. 
to kill herself. Yeah. And she doesn't do he it. He gives the murder weapon away. I don't buy it. So. Like, she's already proven she can't handle it because she missed killing him twice. She's not going to kill him now with the knife. She's probably not going to kill herself. So I guess let's get back into it. Fuck you. <laughs> so she, he, he gives her the knife and he goes, okay, now, now do you. Uh, and she just takes off running. And Aaron kind of like limply tries to follow her. He's got the camera. He's filming now. And he's screaming like, Sarah, so, you know, where are you? I've got the keys. You're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and then he falls in this like circle with trees around it. It's like an open field area with a circle of trees. And he frantically pans around looking for her. We see Sarah's leg walk behind a tree. I don't know if you caught that. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, it's not super noticeable, but I definitely saw it. Yeah, we see her walk behind a tree. He doesn't notice, keeps calling out to her. Um, then he starts to creep up on a, a wider tree that she could be hiding behind. But before he gets up to it, he turns around because he hears a noise. Then Sarah runs at him from behind uh, with the knife and tackles him. Doesn't stab him, though. Right. So tackles him. She can. Like, uh, she's proven she can't kill this guy. Because who can just murder Fair. Uh, tackles him. Camera gets knocked to the ground, and we see uh, Aaron kind of start chasing her because after she tackles him, she just runs away. Which I really don't like because like she could have just booked it out. Yeah. Like even if she didn't know where she was going, she had the free and clear. I don't know yeah. why she ran back to hit him. That yeah. Way. So she she tackles him, gets up, starts running. He gets up, grabs her, and gets her behind a tree, and we hear. I couldn't tell if it was him stabbing her or him, like, bashing her head with a rock. Because it's it's just nondescript, like, slamming sounds. Yeah, I don't think it's stabbing. I think, it, I think is it's it, just, like, a, a, a tussle. Like, because we definitely see his arm go up yeah. and down, like, five times and, like, a thunk or a yeah, stab Yeah, I think sound. he's just beating at her. I don't... Dude, with a rock? Something. I don't know. I don't think it's the knife. So then, yeah, I, I couldn't really tell, but that's... That's that. The fight's over. Right. We cut to Aaron dragging her into the grave. Then he slowly climbs out and crawls to the camera. He's like on his knees in front of the camera and he says, You know, I, I don't think I'm going to die tonight. Uh, and I feel bad because it was my idea in the first place to die. Um, and he's talking about how, you know, Sarah, you, you made a great episode and uh, you... you invigorated me again and you brought this life back into me while we see her slowly crawling out of the grave in the background uh, she creeps up behind him with uh, the shovel that was next to the grave and fucking smashes it into the back of Aaron's head you see a blood splatter on mm -hmm. that too and also give more credence to the students become the master yeah so she she brains him with the shovel and beggar audio god damn it <laughs> so fucking long. <laughs> and she takes off running. And she leaves the camera behind. Then we cut to a shot of Sarah walking in the city. Like, not her filming it, but someone's filming her just walking down the street. Right. The camera zooms in on her as she walks, and we see that she's still wearing the J plus A necklace. Right. Um, then the camera is kind of low, like someone's holding it at their side, uh, following her into a park, then onto a subway. And then Aaron, uh, subway station, not the sandwich shop. God damn it, I could really go for a BMT. <laughs> uh, and then Aaron starts whistling the Peach Fuzz song. 
um, like just on the train filming her and she's got earbuds in but she's kind of like looking around so I don't know if like she's she has like PTSD or something I think it. it's just credits to the movie again mm-hmm. she's just kind of gazing around it's just what you do when you're alone and so then he hit he hits her with the uh, this might peak the mic but he goes the fucking hey come here that whistle and her eyes lock with his and then the her eyes go wide the camera moves end credits baby that's creep too i love the ending of this movie it is so, so good. good it's just like yep i'm alive motherfucker i'm alive and i know where you are yep it's just creeping back on his way to the creepville so better or worse than creep one as much as Creep 1 I loved, I really like Creep 2. I'm, I'm going to agree. Better. I'm going to agree, man. What do you What do you give it? Uh, I'm going to go as far as an 8 on this one. Yeah? I think it's a fantastic movie that hits almost all the points really well. 8 peach fuzzes out of 10? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm going to go the same, man. I'm going to give it an 8. I think... It's a solid movie. It's a great watch, and it's significantly better when you watch it back to back. Yeah, I feel like it's it's almost necessary. It makes them more attached because mm-hmm. they have such similar themes with such different storylines. Mm-hmm. But like that beginning scene alone just makes you really appreciate it. Like I watched those two movies, but separately originally. Yeah. And I didn't remember that first scene at all, to be honest. From the second movie? From the second one. Me neither, man. And watching them back to back, man, it I really appreciated that scene. Definitely. Um, one thing I noticed in the credits that I thought was really funny because technically Patrick Bryce is in it because we see the video of him dying again. He's listed in the credits as old Aaron. Um, oh, because <laughs> new Aaron. Yeah, I really liked that. I thought that was kind of funny. That is good. Um, so Creep 2 better than Creep 1 in both of our minds. Um, as we know, Creep 3 is in the works. To some extent. To some extent. Uh, are we excited? Uh, do you, Are you interested in Creep 3? Yeah, absolutely. With how different this second one was, yeah, I'm really curious to see where they can take it. Definitely. Maybe he actually wants to die in this one, since he definitely did in this one. He did, though. No, he mean, straight up says it was his idea. Yeah, he has lots of ideas. You have an idea to lose weight every day. <laughs> you right? Yeah, I fucking know what I am. <laughs> I have an idea to not be a piece of shit. Here we are. Yeah, so... Yeah, that that's as of right now the creep franchise. Fantastic. We will get to me hating movies significantly more coming mm-hmm. up real soon. What are we doing next week? Next week we are doing the original Friday the thirteenth. Oh boy, it doesn't even have Jason in it. Jason's mom though. She's got it going on. JM JM. Jason's mom. God damn it, you're useless. <laughs> God damn it, did you make a Bowling for Soup reference? It's not Bowling for Soup. Whoever it is. <laughs> I have no idea who sings that song, then. But yes, it is It is a Stacy's Mom reference. It's who also... The, who the fuck sings that song? I don't know. It's also a Nice Nine Kills reference, though, because they did a, a cover of Stacy's Mom and called it Jason's Mom. <laughs> I like it. Who's Ice Nine Kills? We've talked about this before, man. I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah, I just like to make you mad. <laughs> So Get yeah, fucked, nerd. yeah. Next week, Friday the Thirteenth, um, Part One. Part Part One, because there's twenty of them. Oh my god, I can't wait to chase X. 
Jason takes New York, man. Fuck that one. Jason <laughs> in space. He'll fight Machete in space someday. Freddy versus Jason, man. That, that's what we're building I actually to. actually like that movie, so it's a piece of shit, but I like it. All right, guys, on that note, we're going to wrap it up here. Go ahead and give us a like on all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook, at Pod. And uh, I, I didn't know this. On Spotify, you can rate with stars. Rate us five fucking stars, man. Please do. We are trying to spread our joy of hatred to everybody else. Exactly. I want everyone to feel as bad as I do. <laughs> Every day, I feel worse, and I want you to feel even worse. God damn it, you ready? Stab that like button. Stab that like button, man. You gotta do it. It helps us out a lot more than either of us know, because we don't know shit about it. Also, give me money. Where can you give us money? So you can actually give us money through our link tree. There's a setting under there that says support us. And it'll take you to our anchor for monthly support. You can go as low as a dollar. Uh, it means a lot to us. Even a dollar a month helps us out tremendously. Um, you know, our first ad is on this episode too. So that's something. Yeah, you figured it out. <laughs> uh, my favorite part that I just realized is that is the outro of this episode and we do this in every episode yeah which means people have already skipped this so nobody is here <laughs> so i know i have not listened to an outro on a podcast in at least a bolt-on you're right yeah. so on that note this has been another session of scarapy because therapy's too damn expensive our session's up guys see you next week bye and i'm hungry like the wolf Peach